Hey, how's it going? Um, good. I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm recording, having my dessert cup of coffee. Great Wednesday so far. So, Lucas, you're having a dessert cup of coffee right now. Correct. What is that? Uh, instead of uh, black coffee, like I usually drink it, my last cup of coffee of the day uh, usually has a little bit of 2% milk in it, and then, um, you know, either some sugar or some uh, sweetener, depending on what's around. Ah, so nice like how treat. normal people drink coffee. Yeah, so just a fucking cup of coffee. Because, <laughs> like, no. because I, yes. I, I drink my coffee black. Me putting creamer in it doesn't make it, like, a special treat. Yeah, because now it's, like, sweeter, but, like, has more sugar and calories. But, like, you know, it's a nice little pick-me-up. Does it really have that many more calories? Like, is that why you're not normally Co- putting sweetener bl- in your coffee? Black black coffee has, I think, like, it's, like, almost no calories. It's, like, a full cup of black coffee is two calories. But, like, any, any and all caloric intake and anything that's bad in it comes from the cream and the sugar none of of that comes from the coffee itself yeah but like how much how much like creamer and sugar like calories would possibly be added all right let me google how many calories in a splenda packet i mean splenda is a yeah that'd be no calories yeah like none all right. It's got it's got bad shit in it, but it's no calories. Sugar sugar also has zero. Wait, no, never mind. No, that that's not right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just saying coffee sugar amount zero grams, and it's like no, like how much is in <laughs> a plain cup of brewed coffee has less than five calories and no fat. That's irrelevant. Fat is not important at all. <laughs> um, so if you do one teaspoon of sugar, that's sixteen calories. Um, if you add whipping cream, which I don't think you are, no, that's what? 101 calories for two tablespoons. Whipped cream um, coffee? Would you do like half oh, and half? Uh, I just did 2% milk. So less than half and half. So yes. 2% milk, you're probably looking at like 20 calories for two tablespoons. I don't know how much you're adding. But like if you're adding a, like a little bit of 2% milk, you're probably like around 40 calories. Like, God, I'm be such fine. a fat ass. No, <laughs> like if if this tastes better to you, you should just drink it that way. Like it's not well, breaking the bank at all. Yeah, but if I drink it this way all the time, then I won't be special anymore. You could just add more sugar and cream when you want to add a dessert thing. I, I don't want it like super sweet. I just want it like, oh yeah, a little, little bit of sweet, you know, end of the morning, moving on to the rest of my day. It's, it's nice. I, I feel like this is another um situation where we just fundamentally disagree i don't remember if it was you on the other side of me where you where someone pulled that whole bullshit like if people weren't sad then we would never be able to appreciate being happy and it's like fucking kill yourself that's such a weird masochistic way to look at happiness like you have to be sad in order to be able to properly understand happy i so fundamentally disagree with that point so I, I don't know if it was you guys, but if it was, I apparently already told you to kill yourself, so <laughs> let's start working on repairing that bridge. Like, I, I don't understand it. 
No, no, that is very much a mindset of like, no, yeah, like we have to violate people's human rights to realize how great a society is. Like, right? You, like that's no, that's not a too big of a logical leap to make to say that like, oh, in order for us to be able to appreciate how good we have it, other people have to have it worse. Like that's. Kind of the next logical step of that argument, and for for what it's, it's worth, I I do not unless it was one that I was not here. I do not think any of us were the ones making that. Argument. Okay, I think it yeah. was Ian and Michael were the two that subscribed to that, and I was just like, I think I'm taking crazy pills right now because what? I mean, because like, it's it's one thing to say like, oh, people who have had it bad or experienced bad things, you can say like maybe you know if things get better for them, it it. it they appreciate it even oh, absolutely. more, but like, yeah. but, oh, but I agree like with that. you can't just say like society needs suffering in order yeah. for the joy to, you know, that's basically what they were saying. Like I was literally just like, <laughs> that's, no, I just want to be weird. happy all the time. And they're like, well, there needs to be ups and downs. Otherwise you wouldn't be able to appreciate being happy. I'm like, no, that's not true. Like what? So, um, for what it's worth, uh, I've been trying to find the, like, nutrition facts of different like coffee creamer packets because i thought that'd be like a good single serving litmus test and most of them are like non-dairy or like you know special sugar so like there's like just a zero milligrams for everything however the coffee mate french vanilla uh Mm. single serving packet which is the one that i think i see the most has three grams of sugar three carbohydrates and 25 calories (gasps) 25 whole calories you mean a tenth of anything like that's a normal food in yeah. terms of calories oh no do you guys how rem- will you ever i will never financially recover from this <laughs> <laughs> that fucking line man i will never financially recover from this as his employees like fucking bleeding out on the floor <laughs> it's it's a it's a pretty good meme uh, that one's been mean pretty hard. Do you guys remember the chemistry, or maybe it was general science classes, where they had us light shit on fire to find out how many calories were in food? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We did do that. That was fun. That was actually cool. Yeah. Anytime chemistry classes involved fire, it was like, hey, we're doing, like, science, aren't we? This is fun. <laughs> Except for one time the teacher in the classroom next door uh, lit a student on fire. Mm. Oh, shit. And, yeah, she had pretty severe burns over most of her body. Jesus Christ. Yeah, they were, they were, there was human screaming and the smell of burnt flesh. Oh, you told me about this. I remember. Yeah, Yeah. it was a nightmare. And the teacher was burned as well, so our teacher had to go in there and, like, deal with the situation. And he was just like, everyone stay exactly where you are. And, like, ran in there all serious. And he was, like, the goofy teacher from Kentucky who had a really crazy laugh, like the Joker. And he got very serious. And it was like, oh, shit. Like, did someone die right next door? <laughs> and uh, they didn't, but it was pretty bad. So. Right, that's not always. That's why we signed those waivers and took that. Well, I think it was, like, a single class where they ran through the lab safety tutorial. No, it's just yeah. like, wear goggles. If there's an oil fire, don't use water. <laughs> now you're good. If Have there's a fire, her. don't do anything. Like, there's a fire extinguisher and a trained professional in the classroom to handle that type of issue at all times, I would hope. So. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, 
For posterity, this is the 31st episode of the Quarantine Cast, brought to you by Voluntary Viewing, being recorded on May 13th, 2020. Sorry, it's Andrew, not just the 31st. It's, it's the 41st. Oh, okay, 41st. That makes more 41st? sense. 41st? Okay. Yeah. I thought no, it was Luke, like the 39th or something. My bad. No, it's 41st. Lucas said 31st. Oh, I wish this podcast was still in its 30s, you know? Had so much of life ahead of it. Yeah, finally got out of the awkward 20s, had shit figured out, but now... The awkward 20s? <laughs> yeah. Is that a phrase that most people use? Unfortunately. <laughs> what? I've heard of, like, awkward middle school years, but, like, by your 20s? It's, it's just uh, like, you know, your awkward teens, and your awkward yeah. 20s, and your awkward 30s, and <laughs> your awkward 40s. Your awkward 70s. <laughs> you know, do I go to the, the yacht club to play Parcheesi, or do I... Go to the tennis courts and try to stay active. I don't know. I'm so awkward. <laughs> um, you know, you, you got your, your breakouts in your 20s. <laughs> Just holding you back from social functions. You don't want to go to the the fall dance because... <laughs> what, what if that uh, guy you like doesn't, doesn't like you back? Oh, man. Awkward 20s. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, we experienced fire. You know, we we experienced fire. What the fuck is uh, happening <laughs> in, in in chemistry class? Oh, yes. Okay. Um, yeah, it was it was going back to that. Did you ever do any of the like genetic testing kind of stuff yeah. on yourself? I mean, that was okay. biology, not chemistry. Right? right. I'm just talking about like in science. Okay. In, in high school. We did. So you know, we we did the stuff where you know you basically examine traits that you have and then. You know, trace that back through lineage and you know, all that kind of stuff and uh, dominant versus recessive traits you know like the basic shit but apparently in years like past before we got to that stage in high school they had a thing where students would give blood samples and then they would like look at the students uh, genetic code basically and then like you know find their dominant recessive traits and shit yeah. And they had to stop because apparently every single goddamn year, there was at least one kid who found out that they were adopted because of it, or that, <laughs> or that their mom had cheated on their dad because of it. That's pretty golden. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, yeah, I got in a lot of trouble. Like I did this for like four or five years, and just every single year it was the same thing. So they made me stop. Couldn't they have just put in like a consent form? Uh, that would oh, be I'm, kind of a dead gift. No, yeah. you, could, you could. The parents could write it off as like, I don't feel comfortable with giving my kids blood to the school. Puts on Alex Jones tinfoil hat. <laughs> yeah, they're taking your DNA and they're giving it to the frog. <laughs> <laughs> what do the frogs do with it? I don't know. I'm gonna eat my neighbors. They're gay now. <laughs> the frog, I'm gonna. I'm gonna eat I my neighbors. I don't like them ado- injecting adopted kid blood and turning the friggin' frogs gay. I'll eat your ass. <laughs> <sighs> yeah i kind of like that experiment but it also yeah <laughs> i could see how it could be problematic we did do um like blood samples to figure out our blood type oh. in high school but it, yeah they didn't like sequence our genetic code <laughs> to break down who we were they were just like hey doing this test which is like you know, 90% accurate at the best of times, carried out by a bunch of high schoolers who have no idea what they're doing, so it's probably like 60% accurate. Mm. You can get a general idea of your blood type. I, I don't know if I want uh, 
you know, a blood transfusion to come down to a coin flip. That uh, I mean, they, they have rapid blood type tests in an ambulance. If you need a blood transfusion, they're, they're going to carry it out. They're not going to ask you. That's and then fair. Just be like, I'll take your word for it. Because like, you'll die if you get the wrong one. So I'm O negative. That's the universal donor, right? Uh, universal. Yeah. I'm well, pretty sure wait. you're the universal donor. Ah, good for me. Have My blood has value. Blood? Donor blood type. Have you ever donated blood, Lucas? Uh, yeah, a couple of times. Hmm. So O O negative is the universal donor. Did you say you're yeah. O positive or O negative? O negative. I'm O okay, negative. So o, yeah. o negative is the universal donor. Um, I think I'm like AB positive, like the universal receiver. <laughs> who can't give to anything other than AB positive. I mean, you're basically indestructible is what you're saying. Uh, more just selfish. <laughs> yeah, AB a- a- positive is the uh, universal recipient. Yeah, I can get any type, but only can give to other AB positive people. It's great. I've yeah, never the, donated the, blood. You know, <laughs> Lucas, you, it, Lucas, if you ever need a blood transfusion you're in bad shape because you can only accept o negative blood oh which is the i I don't know if it is the rarest but it is one of the rarer types i think ab is the rarest like either type of ab is like super rare if i remember correctly so ab negative can accept all types of negative blood and ab positive can just take all that shit yeah um I am A positive, so I can take O negative, O positive, A negative, and A positive. So basically, I can take both O's and both A's. That's what she said. Hey! hey. Take those O's. Right in those, the A's. Those big O's. Yeah, yeah, take that O right in the A. I'll get those big O's from taking all the A. <laughs> Man. Blood jokes. <laughs> That's what you came to the quarantine cast for. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a story the Sith would tell you. <laughs> Have you heard of the tragedy of uh, Darth Francis Crick the Wise? <laughs> Just, ima- just imagine, I there's people not. out there right now that have less knowledge of biology than we do right now who are trying to claim that they know more about the pandemic than uh, Fauci. Than mm. some fucking idiots who, oh, I was just thinking us. They know, yeah. they know more than us. Who we don't know anything, but know more than them. Um, who's the who's the woman that got screwed out of DNA sequencing? Oh, um, you mean like she she's the one that the discovered the, the structure yeah. for Watson and Crick? Yeah. Who discovered double? Oh, Rosalind Franklin. Yes, that's yeah. it. Have you heard of the tragedy of Rosalind Darth Franklin. Rosalind Franklin the Wise? I thought not. It's not a story that Francis and Crick would tell you. <laughs> she, she grew so powerful in the biological arts that she learned some powers, some thought unnatural. <laughs> For a woman, I guess. Actually applies really well. <laughs> it does. Like, you can't have a brain. Yeah. Except for you can, because we're totally working alongside you and 
Yep. Appreciating all your input and you And then just taking all of yeah. it for ourselves. You possibly pulled more than your fair share when researching the double helix. Leaving you out in all of our research papers and Yeah. Yeah. Whose wife probably wrote all their books? I can't remember. There was that one author. Shakespeare. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it was Shakespeare. Anne Hathaway? Did Anne Hathaway write all those books? Anne Hathaway? Yeah. The original Shakespeare's not. wife was yeah. Anne Hathaway. Oh, okay. <laughs> they meant the <laughs> actress. I, I was confused, too, when they first taught me Shakespeare's wife was Anne Hathaway. I was like, hmm? Wait, Catwoman? What? Yeah. Um, often overlooked women behind famous male writers. Um, Colette married writer Henri Guthier Viars in 1893. Before long, Willie realized his wife had a talent for writing. He forced her to write by locking her in a room. Mm. <laughs> nice. So... I know that uh, Mary Shelley's husband kind of screwed her out of all the Frankenstein money. I do think that's another one I was thinking yeah. of, probably. It's Mary Shelley. All that Frankenstein bucks. Just uh, I think you mean Frankenstein's monster bucks. I don't. I think that Frankenstein was the more compelling character in the, the, the main main person behind the story i wasn't referencing frankenstein's monster i, I do know young the difference. frankenstein with gene wilder i i do know the difference also i i've i've kind of flipped and uh think that starting to think that it's a little pretentious to point that out and right? uh i think it's more uh similar to my thoughts on how language evolves over time and it is just fine that people can refer to the monster as Frankenstein because of popular culture and yeah. how the story has been remixed for decades and centuries. So it's allowed to take on a new form and a new meaning. Also, Frankenstein was the monster. Hot take. Oh, shit. Even that's though he like... created a monster, he was the real monster for creating the monster. That's some fucking 10th grade reading comprehension you got going on there, bud. Hell yeah. What's the subtext saying? I think Frankenstein was gay. <laughs> Wanted to fuck his monster. Oh, man. <laughs> there is Can't some you shit. read the subtext? That's why he made him so big. <laughs> English majors. I, well, oh God, it's been a while since I read Frankenstein, but there is some shit in there about how, like, Frankenstein being created out of only the most perfect parts, right? I don't know about that. Okay. I mean, not definitely not in modern tellings, right? Like, he's all stitched up and yeah, dead. <laughs> right. So, doesn't of, seem very perfect. One of my more favorite uh, tweets recently was this English professor who said, my greatest failure as an English professor has been uh, being completely unable to convince my students that we are, in fact, not trying to just find hidden meanings in text, that we're just trying to pay better attention to it. Because <laughs> <laughs> every student's just like, I bet that Frankenstein was gay. And it's like, but, no, we're just... But they encourage that shit. Yeah. Most English teachers do. And once yeah, again, no, so here, mo most, of them, most of them do. That's, that's true. But, here's, but that doesn't here's mean my that question. it's right. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Here's my question. Because... 
all of us, I'm assuming, did this to almost mess with your English teacher. When they're asking to, like, find the deeper meaning in the yes. text, Absolute you, you, you make up shit yep. <laughs> just to see if they'll go for it. They always do. Like, they always respect your opinion. And I can't tell if it's just because they've gotten some weird shit over time and they've discovered the easiest way to deal with it is to just be like, that's interesting, yeah. Like, And then start <laughs> discussing it because it's better than just a silent classroom. Or if they're actually, like, on board with that shit and, like, every single student with a higher than 3.0 GPA is just, like, pulling the wool over their eyes and literally making up shit similar to, like, conspiracy theorists, how you can just say anything. And they'll go along with it. Yeah, exactly. And then they'll just be like, huh, where'd you arrive at that? And then you say anything again and it's almost like an improv game (laughs) where you just keep making up shit on top of each other. And they, like, think, wow, you really thought a lot about this and it's like no so, i have thought zero about this in fact i've only read the spark notes <laughs> <laughs> my my take on this that i've had since you know high school literature class is that there are a lot of you know english teachers and professors out there who you know look at literature and you know not all of them obviously but their main uh framework on how to think of literature is instead of it being that the author had an intention and trying to find that intention that it's you know like all art can be what you want it to be like it's it's what you make it like no it's not what you make it because you didn't fucking make it if you read you a little there i'm gonna throw that out there you what i differ from you a little bit there Especially in terms of movies. I think a lot of times, like, there is a definitive answer in the director's head when he, you know, makes a decision towards a movie that he kind of leaves up for interpretation, but Mm -hmm. he very much has his own interpretation. I don't think it necessarily falls to the director to decide. I don't know. Hmm. And, And in terms of author, it could be the same thing. Even if the author was writing it with a certain intention, if there's another... Uh, explanation that you know is accidentally led up to it's possible to have a different interpretation that might actually have more legitimacy in the text I'm not saying that you can't find your own like meaning in something I'm just saying that doesn't necessarily make it correct well nothing's correct right that's like the whole point there usually isn't a correction you can or a Mm -hmm. correct answer you can just like have a discussion like people people don't necessarily realize sometimes authors forget a lot of shit and like fans will know more about uh, their yeah, books yeah. than they do like because the authors probably wrote it edited it like worked with it for a couple years and then probably never read it again whereas these readers have possibly been reading it literally non-stop for years on end so sometimes they might actually like come up with new insights that the author ne- like might have missed and put like added things together that the author didn't intend them to but when you add them together it makes total sense and actually mm-hmm. could become like a, a reasonable thing and then you get like, the jk rowlings of the world that then Ugh. posthumously add that meaning in because they realize like i guess it kind of would make sense for that to be a thing she's just like actively attempting to make people not interpret her work she's like i will decide what this is um <laughs> But I got I got to say this is a side of you I I don't think I expected that you I mean, were look, my more favorite, of a uh, in objective interpreter of media. My favorite director of all time is Christopher Nolan. He makes a lot of kind of puzzly movies that are meant to, you know, 
kind of mm-hmm. leave it up to interpretation what you what the audience thinks. And Christopher Nolan openly says, like, I have what I think happened, but like I'm not never gonna say what it is. And also, like, it's probably not the you know, definitive correct answer. You're allowed to have your own opinion as long as it's obviously like backed up by narrative elements and everything like that. So and I, I, I agree with him. I uh front. Yeah, I, I'm probably going to take the middle ground between you two. Um, I don't think that every piece of art or... Yep, I'm that asshole. Uh, yeah. I don't think every piece of art Fun or media sir. is necessarily like an uh, expression or argument of an author's viewpoints. Um, however, my hot take on this, uh, when a piece of media is very much that, very much like the author kind of giving their opinion uh, within a narrative or some kind of structure... And somebody walks away with just a totally different read on it than what the author intended. Probably not the best piece of media. My hot take. Hmm. But, like, I'm, I'm curious what you mean by... So, like, the author... You're saying, like, the author failed if, if someone comes away with a different interpretation than the author had when they wrote it? Yeah, um, I forget the exact title of it, but there is, uh, I believe it's a Brazilian documentary, uh, kind of meant to kind of show off the uh, horrors of the uh, government and the military specifically. Uh, oh, the Edge of Democracy? Maybe. I, I, the title totally escapes me. Uh, but then it was made in such a way where it almost came off like a propaganda piece, and a lot of people walked away from the movie kind of thinking that, oh, wow, it was really building up this uh, this fascist military. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, but wouldn't it be a propaganda piece if the entire documentary was just a giant hit piece against a, a certain government, like clearly meant to make you feel one way? So would I sh- that also I- be propaganda? Sorry, I should have said like a pro-government propaganda piece when it was okay. uh, when the intent of the director was to point out the flaws in the government. Yeah, to yeah. do an anti-government propaganda piece. <laughs> right. So, I mean, yeah, it's definitely not a great job by the author to convey their point. But like, if you were able to somehow paint them in a positive light when you meant to paint them in a negative light, I think that that, you know, there's an interpretation there to be had. Yeah. Like, I don't know. You're, you're, it's, uh, if it's even possible to do that, you're either like the world's biggest idiot or <laughs> like maybe there's some gray in there and you accidentally highlighted gray points while your, you know, anti-government points were like super ham fisted and, you know, like red like propaganda. So people would ignore those and then instead see like the humanity or something in a person and be like, whoa, that's interesting and come away with a more positive interpretation than they would have otherwise. I don't know. Hmm. I think it makes sense. Obviously, we're talking about a fascist dictatorship, <laughs> so it's not, you know, it's meant to have a, ne- a negative, I would hope, to most people. But fascists are people, and if you're not careful, you could definitely, you know. Inspire something, yeah. Not necessarily inspire something, but I imagine a lot of the people watching that documentary were super anti-government, and they might have been like, wait, like, oh, I didn't know this about this person, and slowly like shift a little bit you know like a little bit more these people are humans and we're seeing the human side of them for the first time instead of just a poster where they're you know got a nazi armband on or something like that mm-hmm. so I don't know. Yeah. 
And with that, I think we go to a clap sync in the post roll. see Rick and Morty yet? I did. Hooray. I don't have to commit seppuku this week. <laughs> I I liked it. I, yeah. I, I didn't think it was like utterly fantastic, but I thought it was fun. That was good. Um, I, I'd call it a quality episode of Rick and Morty if, you know, maybe not an elite episode of Rick and Morty. I, um, I don't know. I just appreciated how it kind of captured what i felt like was the show's entire spectrum of humor from the two characters feeling like they took the high road by not doing a 9-11 <laughs> yeah that was, I, I really thought they were gonna do it <laughs> to to going into a huge tangent about the lives of the face huggers that yeah. possessed them to ending with the two characters shitting themselves yeah that was, that was that was weird it was just a whole spectrum and i loved it what the fuck was the stinger oh, i love the stinger summer i want to yeah no, no. <laughs> summer i want to fuck your dad oh really, oh, really? Tracy? yeah ever, ever a... since i first saw tracy in the snake jazz episode i was like oh something's gonna happen there she's just <laughs> designed to be way too hot <laughs> like I, I think it's going to be some sort of subplot, right? Something's going on here. Like, obviously, she's too old for Morty, but, like, come on. Tracy versus Jessica? Like, it's Tracy every day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> the character so. the show pointed out has huge stripper titties? Yeah. That was a quote. Your giant stripper titties. <laughs> Wait, is that is that the same character? I, I believe so. that character. No, I could... In the episode with, like, giant Summer who, like, loses her skin or goes inside out, doesn't Morty, like, fucking kill them or something? He, he Cronenberg's the guy. Oh, okay. The girl has to leave because she's so inspired by Summer and Best moment that she has to have an emotional connection with her mom. Oh, okay. It's yeah. From the whirly-durly conspiracy. Massive stripper titties. <laughs> Yeah, because Summer, like, makes her boobs big, but then, like, tries to even them out and becomes giant. Yeah. Yeah, but where's Grace in that? Wait, is it Grace? I thought it was Tracy. Tracy, sorry. Yeah. Uh, she... I think Grace is the one that Morty was uh, jerking off to in the, um, what's it called? Um, the first, um... No, the, wait, which... The, the Parasite episode. Yes. I have so. a lot of non sequitur episodes. <laughs> like, yeah, there's we we're really getting down a uh, a rabbit hole. Like in my mind, I thought it was just like the international ca- uh, interdimensional cable, and then like the spoofs of interdimensional cable. But no, there are other ones in there too, huh? Yeah. Oh wait, this is this. Th- it is the same character. It it is the uh, the one with the giant stripper titties. You're right. 
Where where did you find that? Uh, the Rick and Morty fandom wiki. Rick and Morty wiki. Uh, what's it called? Uh, her name is, is Tr- Tricia Lange. Um, like the episode is the Whirly Durly conspiracy. Um, she's the one that you know. Oh, you're right. Yeah. She's also the one that in some episodes says she wants that penis in the foreskin kind of love. I vaguely... Oh, and her boyfriend was Ethan. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. The one, like, like uh, Ethan wanted her over Summer because of her giant stripper titties. <laughs> and then, yeah, she's also the one that, like, mentions how much she likes the snake jazz, and she's the one that uh, is uh, so into Jerry. Thematically, what do you think the takeaway is from, all, from, from this character? What is the politics of... Tracy, Tracy Lang. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they called her Tracy, but her yeah, they did. it's listed here as Tricia. Trisha. Or Trisha. Trisha, yeah, come on, guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, oh, pronounce well. the name Trisha, right? <laughs> <laughs> I thought Trisha was spelled with an S-H. Oh. I... Oh, my sweet summer child. <laughs> we could... <laughs> We could go for a while with how just dumb names are today, but I feel yeah. like we need to end it here. Yeah, we're still going. <laughs> <laughs>